0: Because you speak different love language, then you are not compatible. It just means that you show love differently.
1: You encounter several different people who have these sort of little key indicators, but that doesn't mean it's a toxic Mm. relationship. It becomes toxic when it's very frequent to the point where it becomes
0: detrimental to you energy vampires, they like to target people who are good listeners hmm. because they know you care about them. They know you will listen to them and they will take advantage of it.
2: Hello and welcome back to Euphoria by Malaysia Kini. My name is Ash and I am with our usual host on the show, Daryl. Mm-hmm. Hi, Daryl.
3: Hello guys, and today we have two special guests, something a little bit different from our past few episodes. I think this is the only episode in which we've got four people mm-hmm. on the show.
2: On the previous episode, we spoke some things about you know how to maintain and create great relationships. We talked about communication skill, people skill, and stuff like that. And uh, our colleagues here, Samantha and Aisha.
0: Hi, hi everyone. Excited to be on the show today. Hi, Aisha. Hi, I'm Aisha. I'm excited as well.
2: So they told us that they have something more to share in terms of how to maintain a great relationship. So they came to us and said, hey guys, there are some things like the five languages of love. So we're going to start with that. What are these five languages of love?
0: So the five languages of love, it's a concept that's developed by this guy called Gary Chapman. But it basically described the five different ways of expressing and receiving love. So right. it's not just like uh, how you show love, but also how you would like to receive love as well. The first one, I think is pretty common. It's called the words of affirmation. So if this is your love language, right? You will love it when people compliment you or they encourage you. Basically, their mm. positive feedback will make you happy. They'll be like, hey, you're doing a good job and then you feel all jelly inside. And then the <laughs> second one is physical touch. I think this is pretty self-explanatory lah. I think mm-hmm. we all have friends who are more like touchy, feely kind of person. They give like great hugs. Okay, for girls, I'm sure you have seen it before like girls, they walk around, but they will wrap their arms around each other or hold hands. You
1: mm. know? Mm-hmm. But if
0: we see guys doing that, maybe it's a bit weird. I hey, mean, don't
2: judge. It's 2021.
0: Okay, I think it is. <laughs> in <it's> in like... <laughs> some cultures,
2: I think it's completely yeah. fine. Okay, um... true.
0: I think out of all the five languages, physical touch is the one that's hardest to achieve during a pandemic because of the lockdown. We literally cannot see each other physically. Mm. Yeah, so it would be a challenge. Okay, if we move on to the next one is acts of service. I think this is more common in guys because this means that you will appreciate it when people help you to do things, especially if they go out of their way to do it or Mm. even as a surprise like, oh, hey, I helped you to take out the trash just now or if you need to move out and your friend will Mm. come and help you even though like they don't really have to, you know, they just offer like, yeah, I can help you to move out. I think the way they show love is helping Helping someone else. Yeah. yeah. And then receiving gifts. This is pretty easy during the pandemic because if your love language is to receive gifts, you will be really happy. You'll like it when you receive like a surprise delivery, maybe one random afternoon, you didn't order anything from Greg. And then the an album grab just call you and be like, oh, delivery doesn't And then you'll be like, huh, what? Did I buy anything? And then you see your friends or your colleague send you lunch. You'll be really happy about it. And mm. then the fifth one, which is also my own love language, is quality time. Uh, Like I love spending time with people to do things with them, talk right. to them. Like even during a the lockdown, I would try to catch up with my friends regularly over video calls, like we would have virtual party, get our own drinks and play some games. That is still a form of quality time. But I think like the thing that we have to remember here is that all of us speak different love languages and these five languages, uh, if you do the test, it doesn't come out to like you only speak one language. Most of the time, you speak all five. It's just that you prefer one more than the others. Right. That's different for everyone. And if you really like care about your relationship, it doesn't mean that just because you speak different love language, then you are not compatible. It just means that you show love differently. It doesn't mean you don't appreciate each other, right? Yeah, um. so I guess
3: we spoke a bunch about uh the five love languages. So now, if you guys want to go and do your own love language test, you can always check it out at five like the digit five love languages dot com. All right. So l- moving on from the five love languages, can we talk about identifying toxic relationships and how it's best to manage them? Okay, ladies, uh, Samantha and Aisha, have you experienced toxic relationships before?
0: Yes. Oh yeah.
1: Sure. <laughs> well, that was sweet. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about toxic relationships is it's very hard to recognize one when you're in it. So if you kind of started starting to have like doubts about this friendship yeah. that you're having, sorry, it's good to just highlight that toxic relationships are both in friends in um also romantic partners. Right. Also in among family, which is always the worst. Also with your colleagues or even like a boss employee sort of relationship as well. Those exist. And of course, depending on what your situation is, what environment you're in, what your personal situation and factors, it, it varies. Some people have it. The toxic relationship seems like it's nothing, but it's really, really difficult. Um, mm. And yeah, so it's diff- very difficult to recognize one when you're in it. Uh, and it's always good to talk to someone. And the other thing is the internet, YouTube, just kind of Google, yeah. search, you know, types of toxic relationships and, you know, how do I identify one? And those really help. You you I mean, when you look at it, you'll notice that you encounter several different people who have these sort of little key indicators, but that doesn't mean it's a toxic mm. relationship. It becomes right. toxic when it's very frequent and they're always kind of crossing up boundaries to the point where it becomes detrimental to you, you know, and that other person does not realize it at all. That's when it becomes toxic. So I personally, I had a friend who I was quite, kind of quite close with, and I think it was two or three years into like our friendship. And I would notice they were kind of, whenever we meet up, it always would be for their benefit. Initially, I didn't see it like that because then I felt kind of a bad person. I was like, you know, I felt Mm. bad that I was thinking of it like that. But then I slowly kind of realized that the one thing I did was I stopped initiating hangouts with them. And I noticed that she would always, you know, initiate the hangouts. Right. And because mm. hoping there would be an indicator to her to realize that I didn't want to hang out, but it didn't really work. <laughs> um, so we would still hang out. But I would always notice she'd hang out with me and it'd just be, we'd do whatever she wants to do. And that was it kind of thing. And then she just kind of like not talk to me for like the rest of the week or whatever. That friendship of mine with us, I kind of slowly phased out. So I stopped reaching out to her and I noticed she wouldn't reach out to me. I do not recommend this, obviously. Um, because, you yeah, know, I mean, it was difficult for me at the time to just kind of confront her about it. Because, you know, the other thing that people say to do is you kind of try to communicate with them and have this hard conversation. But it can be really difficult because they can get super defensive and then they can Mm. kind of gaslight you and make you think that you're the wrong one and it can be really Mm. messy so most a lot of people what they do is they kind of ghost and they just right they phase out they kind of like disappear slowly into the background and hope you don't notice i mean it's not the best but i think most people do that samantha would you like to share
0: So I think I totally agree with you when you said like, we usually don't realize that it's happening. We usually don't realize Hmm. we are in a toxic relationship because I think love is blind doesn't just apply to romantic relationship. It applies to all sorts of relationships. And if you are friends with this person for so long, or even your family, you know, you're born into this family, you don't have a choice, right? So you know them all your life and you love them. So whatever they do, you will think ah, it's okay. Maybe they're just having a bad day. Even when it's like repetitive, you don't realize it. You just brush it off. And at one point, you will realize that there is a pattern. Like it never really dies out. This is just how the person is. Yeah. You
3: can't do anything to change him.
0: Yeah. You yeah. can talk to him like how uh, things make you feel you're uncomfortable, feel like things need to be different. Mm. But that's all we can really do. Like as a person, I feel like we need to give them a second chance in a way. I'm a person who believes in second chances. And I think that's why I end up in a lot of like toxic friendship <laughs> also. <laughs> and have to take you some give time. them chances. Yeah. I always feel like, you know, I really appreciate our friendship. There are good days for sure. That's why we are still friends. But there will be a point when I realize, okay, the bad days are more than the good days. Mm. Yeah, like so I don't feel supported in a
3: way. Generally, you'll know a relationship is toxic when there is a certain sense of uncomfortableness and it's repetitive and it's detrimental to you. Yeah. You
1: and, and also Ooh. like a sort of imbalance also in the mm. in the relationship, like Samantha was saying, it's there's always like maybe there's a focus on them all the time, and it's like this would be come under something that you know they call narcissistic mm. tendencies, where you could be talking about your day and then they kind of go, Okay, but you know, this thing happened to me, and then it's on them again. And you maybe right. you're telling them a story that you have or a struggle or something, and they are very disinterested, they're disconnected, they're right. like, Okay, their phone things like that, yeah. And um, another another like toxic like behavior um, would be people who it's when after that when you finish talking to them you feel completely drained and it's emotionally draining first and right. then after work can become physically draining um i had a toxic friend who was kind of negative nancy but also kind of like a one-upper kind of thing where you know you're talking mm-hmm. to them and you tell them good news and they talk to people they're very difficult to celebrate your success you know and mm-hmm. You t- tell them something good that happens to you and they kind of will shed light on the negative thing. so you're like oh you know i'm getting this today i got a promotion they'll either say something like, oh well that means you're gonna probably run into more problems or they'll do right. the opposite which is they act jealous which is like oh you know i never get this and i never get that and mm-hmm. instead of acknowledging your success they kind of bring you down and then after a while you don't really want to hang out with them because every time I tell you good news you make me feel horrible about this good thing that happened to me.
0: Hey there! If you liked this episode, show some love to your friends and family by getting them a Malaysia Guinea Group subscription. Check out the offers at membership.malaysiakini.com slash offers. Thank you.
3: And like, you know, you mentioned something about narcissistic tendencies. And I remember before this podcast, I heard you talking about energy vampires. Let's talk about energy vampires and these kind of narcissistic tendencies. What is that?
2: I'm assuming energy vampires are people who literally suck the energy out of you? Yeah, mm-hmm. quite it's literally. Like when you see them, you talk to them, it just becomes so weak. Is that, is that what it
0: means? Yeah. <laughs> I think from my understanding, energy vampires, they like to target people who are good listeners. Hmm. Because they know you care about them. They know you will listen to them. Just as such a good person that they can target on you and they will take advantage on it. And... Oftentimes, like energy vampires, they are very charismatic, so they get things their way. They know all the loopholes, they get things their way. And if anything goes wrong, they usually somehow manage to blame it on other people mm. rather than taking responsibility. So energy vampires, they are also very uh, narcissistic. Hmm. Pretty, they can be pretty self-absorbed okay. because they don't want you to steal their spotlight.
3: And what happens to, to energy vampires like this? Do you avoid them or do you say you have friends who are like that, but it's just that you gotta learn how to manage them? Or is it, you know, the type of people that eventually, you know, they can turn a relationship into toxic relationships.
0: I personally have a friend like that. I would say he is quite an energy vampire. Mm. But my way of going about it is that I just don't see him so often. I don't mind having a friend like him. He is a helpful friend. He is not like straight up, don't listen to me and just want to talk about himself all the time. He does listen to me, but the ratio is like, of course he takes most of the time, but Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that because I genuinely care about him. But I also remember there was a time we had hiccups where he said some really mean things to me and I really didn't like it. I didn't appreciate it. At that time, I didn't handle it well. I kind of just ghosted him, and when he initiated, like, oh, let's hang out, and I'll just be like, oh, sorry, I can't, I'm busy. I just kind of push him off. But I feel like there are better ways to handle it because we eventually talk right. about it. And I also talk to other mutual friends about it. And we realize it's a pattern. He is like that with other people as well. So that's just how he is. But I feel like he could still be a good friend. And on his side, he is seeking professional help. He is seeing therapists right. to get better. But I feel like I won't recommend doing this to every energy vampire that you meet. Because right. then you're just going to be drained by everyone around you. Right. You need to have like a good support system behind that as well. You need to have other friends who are supportive of you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, It
3: takes a special kind of someone to deal with energy vampires, technically.
0: I like the point that
1: uh, Samantha pointed out, which is sometimes you find that your friends have these like aspects to them, but it doesn't mean that mm-hmm. they're toxic. Uh, when you set boundaries mm-hmm. like that, and then they respect it and they understand, and then you meet up on maybe frequently because they can be quite draining and exhausting, then that's okay. It becomes toxic mm-hmm. when they overstep those boundaries frequently. Right.
2: So we talked about five languages of love, we talked about how to identify your language of love, we talked about toxic relationship, energy vampires, and highly narcissistic people. Now I want to know, when is the best time to terminate mm. a relationship that has run its course? Does this happen often with you guys?
3: I don't think so. There's a right time to end relationship because like you know whether you like it or not that whoever that person is, there's never a right time for bad news. You get what I mean. So I think you gotta do it when you gotta do it. I don't know how to end a relationship, but one thing I know is never a right time to end a relationship. yeah,
1: I would agree, yeah, um the thing is there really isn't a set of ways because at the end of the day different people are different, and you know depends mm. on what your relationship is with that person. But I would probably say once you've communicated several times and you've tried and, you know, you've given them two, three, four chances and they just keep doing it and they're not listening to you, I guess that's when, you know, I guess it's time to kind of tell them, yeah. you know, I can't I can't do this anymore. This is detrimental to my my health, my emotional well-being. It stresses me out. I don't feel good every time I'm with you. And it, sometimes it can affect other relationships as well. Yeah. So I would probably say that's when it's time to kind of like pull the plug as it were yeah and i mean it's it isn't easy you kind of end up having to do it but i I think it's also important to sometimes especially if you're if it happens now let's say with this friend you you know later on they might and you cut things off they might start to also realize their behavior with their other friends and maybe 10 years down the line you might bump into them and then you might find that they've really changed because you know people change It's not fair to say that everybody is the same all the time. And they may develop as a person. You may have developed as a person as well. And sometimes you can reconnect as well. I think that's important to also Mm -hmm. think about.
0: I think so far, we have been talking about friendship, right? Or maybe with your employee and stuff like that. In a situation where you can actually terminate a relationship. I'm wondering, like, what if it's your family? What if the toxic person is your mom? What are you going to do? How are you ever going to get out of this toxic relationship? Because I know someone who has a toxic mom, Mm. Took him a really long time to accept it because it's family, this person brought you up and in a way, you feel like you're in debt to this person. But in this situation, you cannot terminate the relationship completely. You cannot Mm. cut off your mother. Mm -hmm.
3: To figure out how to deal with it.
0: Yeah, but it seems like they are doing much better now. Like, they only visit uh, because of the lockdown as well. So they don't see each other that much. Right. Yeah, and now that they meet, they have a good time together because mm. uh, his parents can play with his uh, baby, you know, just like mm-hmm. short visitation, have dinner together. And the relationship seem to be better compared to before. But I was just wondering, like, what would make us realize we have to do that to our family? Because it takes (laughs) a lot to do that, right?
3: Yeah, I think this all ties back to setting boundaries, whether it's a family or a friend. If you want to deal with it, if you want to find to make it work, then you have to figure it out together. I can sort of relate when it comes to that that, that, that family bit. Because I've always known that my threshold post-adulthood, post-school... Uh, of living at home is like two weeks before something blows up mm-hmm. all the time <laughs> so in my case i guess i'm a bit fortunate that i'm working in KL. my family's all the way in stramban so i don't get to see them all the time but mm-hmm. prior to lockdown it used to be a only a weekend only affair so weekend only mm-hmm. affairs the whole family is peaceful and joyful the moment i go back home for one week or two weeks that's where something will blow up <laughs> yeah yeah
2: in my case, dealing with family has changed so, so, so many times since my father passed away and then after that. You know, when we were younger, our siblings are a bit more, we fight a lot more, you know. We just never understand each other that much, I guess. But then nowadays, we have all become adults in our mm-hmm. own ways and we give each other a lot more respect, a lot more room. And we really just passionately relearned about each other and it, for us as siblings, the four of us, it felt as if we all gathered an additional three friends as we grew older. And those were our siblings. Right, okay. And, and, and my mother, who, you know, getting older, she's becoming, you know, more lovely, more sweet, and more just kind and compassionate about things. And the whole pandemic just made it worse. We are just longing for each other just a bit more. And it was a great time to ponder. Maybe it wasn't that bad after all. So mm. when it comes to family and all that and you feel like you want to quit, you, you want to take the way out, you know, you want to do something drastic about that, just think ahead that would this cause you hurt uh, later in your life because you felt like mm. you left something that was actually very valuable from you? How do you judge that is going to be a tricky thing. But I think it's a constant cycle of thinking and these are the people that you should love the most. Therefore, I think it is okay for you to constantly right. think about them and you know, uh, when to draw the boundaries and when to actually go back and, you know, look at them and spend some time with them.
1: I just think that uh, it's important to take note that um, everything that we said is definitely not set in stone. Um, Mm -hmm. It's important to remember different people have different forms of relationships, factors to count in, financial dependency, you know, things like that, where you come from, all all of that. So it isn't like a Set thing and if you're struggling and you think you're in a toxic relationship and it's manipulative and you know the worst one is if it's abusive whether it's physical or emotional those are Mm -mm. those are both equally bad it's important to you know reach out to someone ask for help get therapy any of that and and talk about it to someone you trust is one of the most important things yeah. Very
3: cool. I guess that's a very, very good wrap-up.
1: Thank you
2: very much for coming to the show, Samantha and Aisha. Thank
1: you for having us. Thank for having us. It was fun. Thank
3: Thank you, everyone, for listening until the very end of this episode. If you guys want to check out our previous episodes, we are on Spotify at Youthphoria by Malaysia Kini. If you guys want to check us out on Facebook and Instagram, we're there on Youthphoria MK. So thank you so much, guys. We'll catch you on the very next episode, yeah? yes. yes.